day of 2023 and God is saying don't go into 2024 expecting the negative things that you felt in 2023 and why am I saying that because God has promised you and me something new and we haven't walked in it yet some of us haven't walked in it yet some of us have. But as I come over here, I feel the strong presence. And I know that Mike doesn't like me over here, but for the pastor's wife, for Sarah, the Lord says those things which are seen will not be seen. Those things which have been spoken over you, that voice will be shut up. For the Lord says, I have called you. And that calling is yet to be fulfilled in the way that I have chosen for you, says the Lord. And the days before you will be bright and not dark, because I am the Lord your God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now you're wondering why I put this here. As you know, we just were in Argentina for a month had over 20 services and we want to thank all of you here for sending us out praying for us uh, I got sinus infection Shirley got sick but we, we kept on going because of your prayers your covering we say thank you pastors and leaders and all of you for sending us out and then covering us while we were there I want you to know that literally hundreds and hundreds of people gave their heart to the Lord for the first time Hundreds and hundreds of people rededicated their lives. And we literally prayed for thousands. We had over 20 meetings. And God was in all of those meetings. I mean, there was absolutely amazing things took place. This piece of cloth here is a testimony. Last year we were in a Baptist church in northern Argentina and they were celebrating 98 years of being a church I don't remember this but we anointed a woman's hands and prayed for her hands because she could not use her hands or arms this year when we ministered their 99 year anniversary I guess where we're going next year <laughs> they gave this cloth to us as a gift it's a tapestry and the woman who couldn't use her hands, God healed her and she made this for us. We don't know if she had to use a machine or how, but she was able to use her hands and make it because God healed her. When we prophesied in that Baptist church last year, they had never had prophecy in 98 years not alive and active in the church. We went to another church, had two services there. At the end of the service, a mother brought up her five-year-old daughter and said she was born a preemie with her brother, twins, and uh, she has to go to therapy because something in her spine is not healed correctly and she can't walk correctly. So, we prayed for her anointed this child she came back the next night she said I went to the doctor today I went for her therapy lesson and she was able to walk so good that the doctor said I don't want you to come back for a month that's our God that's our God and the last thing I want to share our very last service on a Wednesday night, most of the people were gone and there was a man standing over to my, to my right. And he said, I want to talk to you. So before we left, he said, I'm the man 
that you prayed for. I was estranged from my wife. I was in another country. And you agreed with my wife that I would come home. I'm that man. Glory to God. It was nuts. I don't even remember doing that. But you know, God has plans for the church. And you are the church that go even beyond what you and I can understand. So you wonder why we go to the nations. These are the reasons. That was just a couple of testimonies. We had lots and lots of people come up and say, this is what happened last year. This is what took place. This is what God did. And the churches were full. Standing room only. One church, I gave an invitation. I said, if you died tonight, is your, do you know that your name is written in the hands book of life? Would you go to heaven to be with the Lord if, if you died this evening? I said, let's, let's make sure. I said, we can do that. And if you want to do that, stand up. That church had the 450 people plus, because there were people out in the foyer. At least 200 people stood up and, said, and prayed the sinner's prayer with me, because I want to make sure that if Jesus came tonight, or if I died tonight, I would be in heaven with him. These are the kind of things. These are the kind of things that encourage my wife and I to go again and again and again. And thank you for your prayers. We appreciate them so much. And we couldn't go without your covering. So we thank you for that. We have scripture morning, scripture verse this morning. A couple of verses out of Jeremiah chapter 20. There's 20, 21, and 22. Jeremiah was called the weeping prophet because he cared for the people. He says, the harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we are not saved. For the hurt of the daughter of my people I am hurt. I am mourning. Astonishment has taken hold of me. Verse 22, is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is there no recovery for the health of my people? Lord, thank you for the word. Thank you for your promises. Thank you for your presence here today. We pray in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. There's another couple of verses I want to read out of Ecclesiastes. Chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. A time to be born, and a time to die. A time to plant, and a time to harvest. We are living in the day when we could really cry out and say the season has passed 2023 and we could cry out and say why are we not healed why are we not saved is there no physician is there no balm in Gilead see the balm was a herb that they mixed and used as a healing anointment he said is there no balm in Gilead is there no physician here and he was crying to the Lord. See, the season that he was talking about was summer. In Iowa, we have four distinct seasons, right? All of you that live here, you know, we have four distinct seasons. But I enjoy summer the most because it's the time when things are growing, things are maturing. It may be hot, but that's okay because we can go swimming and the children can play in the water and and you know we can eat fresh vegetables and fruits and sweet corn this is the time and season for those things to happen the Jeremiah the prophet is, is weeping for the people he said the summer is past even the harvest is past and we're not saved because no one has applied the balm to our wounds is there no physician here 
Is it lost opportunity? Is 2023 lost? Do we give up? No, we don't give up. We press on. We press on because we believe that 2024 has more. There are open doors. That God is going to do more in this next year. Even though when we look at the evil that's approaching and taking over our world. We say how could it possibly be that. But guess what? Under persecution in the hard times it seems like the glory is greater. That there is more of an anointing that comes upon his people. That, that, that God works miracles we talked to some people, many different people, while we were gone. But they said it seems like the fire is getting stronger in Argentina again because their economy, they had 143% inflation in one year. And in 2020, our dollar was the same as their peso. Today, that dollar is worth 1,000 pesos. So we went to a church and they gave us an offering of $15,000. It was great. $15. But we don't go for the offering. We go because we believe that God wants to touch lives just like he does here this morning. The prophet is mourning. We haven't changed. We're still living in sin. Judah, he was praying for the people of Judah. He said they are as wicked as they have been. Nothing has changed. Nobody has come and really taken over and preached the word to them. Is there no balm in Gilead? In Isaiah 59, Jesus is saying, is there no man? The Lord is saying, is there no man? Is there no intercessor? So he had to take a hold of himself and release Jesus. Spiritually, Jeremiah was crying for the Redeemer. He was crying out for a Savior to come for his people. So metaphorically, he was the only one. He was saying, Jesus Christ, come as a balm for my people. Come and bring healing to us. And I believe that the physician today could be the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit applies that balm to us and we can be saved. Hallelujah. So last year, just for a few moments, I have to rush through. And not rush through, but I have pages after pages of things that I feel like the Lord gave me. But I can't share all those this morning because I would miss what God wants to do, okay? But when we reflect on 23, Pastor, we had so many good subjects and topics this year. You know, freedom from the ashes of defeat. We had the miraculous. We had identity crisis. You know, that was really, really important in Argentina. Because the Lord told me to preach that word a lot. And people finally were realizing who they were. See, if we don't know who we are, how can we do any good in this world? But when we know that we are a child of the King, that He has anointed us, we can go and speak His word with authority. And we can see miracles. We can see people set free. We can see people healed. Hallelujah. Not because of us, but because we use the power that God flows through us. I was thinking of open-handed and Jonah that is greater. His grace was greater. But also one of the last ones, fear not understanding the times that we're living in. A Savior was born. That was the event that we were working up to up to last Sunday. But now, as Pastor shared last week, we're stepping into that second advent. See, the same hope and peace and joy and love that we were talking about coming into the Christ being born, it's that same love and joy and peace and hope that we're looking for now as we enter into that second advent as we're looking for Christ to return.
God wants His church healthy. He wants His church whole. So when we think about the things that happened last year, there were some bad things took place. Some of our lives, there was separation, maybe there was death, maybe there were hurts and pains and sorrows. And when we remember these things and when these memories come back, ah, it kind of stops us. But I believe that today, that God wants to heal us from those bad memories and those bad experiences. And he wants to restore us as his children because God wants a healthy church, a whole church, amen? And you are the church today, so if you're hurting, it's hard to battle successfully. If you have pain, it's hard to battle successfully. So God wants us to pursue 24 with enthusiasm, hallelujah. To say that I'm not going to live like I did in 23. I'm not going to go through those things I did in 23. I'm going to experience some new things in my life. Hallelujah. I'm going to take a hold of the authority of the word of God that he gave me and begin to use it to break down the strongholds of the enemy. Hallelujah. I'm going to use his word. Hallelujah. I'm going to use his word to destroy the enemy. I'm going to use his word to set people free. Sister, God is saying something to you today. The enemy would like to stop you, but he sees that it's almost impossible to stop you. So he says, tread lightly, lightly as you walk through the valley. Because the demons are waiting to attack. But the Lord says, don't worry about the demons. I have their hands tied and their mouths shut. The Lord says, you will enter into the new season with great joy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Hallelujah. I believe that's a word that could be for all of us. There's spiritual darkness everywhere. There's spiritual darkness everywhere. We're not fighting a battle in the fleshly realm, even though it looks like it and acts like it many times. We're fighting a spiritual battle. So I want to go to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12 just so we again get a hold of what we're fighting. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Wake up, church. We are fighting a spiritual battle even though it manifests in the natural and many times we attack in the natural we have to get on our knees and begin to fight in the spirit and pray and rebuke the enemy and begin to take authority over the enemy because there's freedom in the spirit of God hallelujah spiritual darkness we're living in a nation that is in rebellion against God. And I really believe that God's getting ready to allow his judgment to fall on the world. He's created people have turned their back faces far from him. And I, I question is, is the USA one of those nations he's getting ready to judge? You know, we need to wake up. We need to know what's happening. You know, it, the evil is different than it was 60 years ago. It may have been hidden more, but now it's out in the open. 70 years ago, 80 years ago. Anybody 90? Yeah, there's probably somebody 90 in here. But it's inspired by spiritual wickedness. It's inspired principalities. You know, this... This war is not in the natural, even though some of you veterans have fought in a natural war. It's a horrible thing. But this goes even beyond that. This goes into a realm that we don't even understand most of the time. Spiritual, demonic-inspired groups fighting and pushing, trying to be a one-world government. Socialism, communism, Marxism. 
you know, communism, socialism promises a lot of good things. We're going to make everybody equal. We're going to help the oppressed. But in reality, they're saying we're going to murder millions of people. And we need to wake up to that fact. We need to know that fact. When there's uprisings in our nation and, and other nations, you know who's behind that? There's a Marxist group. And those people are pushing their way. They are wanting to take away our identity as Christians, our beliefs. They want us to shut us down. They want to shut my voice. They want to close your voice, Pastor, so you can't talk about the things that are happening. So these groups are inspired by the idealists and the ideals of Karl Marx. And I have written down there, Frederick Engels, they were the ones that came up with this crazy idea of socialism. So Marxist, socialism, communism are all basically the same thing. And it's alive and well all over the nations of the world. They're pushing the drugs. They're pushing all of these evil things. You say, I don't need to hear that. Yeah, you do. You need to understand what is going on. But I can say... I can say enough about fear, but we really need to hear the things that are going on so that we pursue the righteous ways. So that we push and pursue the things that God has for us. Because without knowing that things are never going to change. I mean, somebody said there's two groups of people. The people that see things changing... But they don't care because they think everything's going to be the same as it always has been. Then the second group of people are people who see what's happening. And a lot of those are Christian people. They see the changes. They know what's going to happen. But they don't have a voice. They're afraid to speak. Someone said, silence is complicity. Faith without works is not faith. What does the word complicity mean? In association or participating in or as if in a wrongful act. In other words, when we don't speak out, we become a part of that very act. I don't like to hear that. That may not be the opinion of our pastor here, I don't know. But that's what I found and when we don't speak or don't speak up about the goodness of God or we don't speak about the evil that's all around us, what happens? It doesn't go away. It doesn't go away. It becomes worse. Every time the church steps back, the enemy steps forward. And today in this city and many of the cities in Iowa, we have a group, LGBTQ pushing and pushing and pushing their way. And according to the word of God that I have read and that I read, my Bible teaches me that these practices and lifestyles are sin. You don't like to hear it? Let's read a couple of verses. And I picked out a few verses out of Acts chapter, Romans, I'm sorry. Romans chapter 1 and verse 26. This talking about people who are in rebellion in the earlier verses, if you start at 18, who exchanged the truth for a lie. And it says, For this reason God gave them up to vile passions, for even their women exchanged a natural use for what was against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust for one another, men with men, committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. Undiscerning, untrustworthy, involving, unforgiving, unmerciful. We can go on, but the last part of verse 31 says, Who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death not only do the same now listen to this but also approve of those who practice them and the Amplified says 
ethically approve of those who practice them. So am I condemning those people? No. There's help. There's hope. Because Jesus came to this earth. He died. He arose. He ascended. And he made it possible for all of us to live free. That, that's one sin we may have a sin, different sin. God doesn't want the church living in sin. Oh, but pastor, Jesus came and died on the cross. And everyone's going to heaven, right? Because Jesus made a way for everyone to go to heaven. Well, it's partly true. But the truth is, we're not going to heaven even though it's made available for all people unless we repent. We have to believe, repent, and confess Jesus Christ as Lord. I know you don't like this preaching. I don't either. But if I don't tell you, pastor don't tell you, who's going to tell you? And I shared this every service in Argentina because they needed to hear it as well. The evil's getting worse, but God is getting greater. Hallelujah. The evil is getting worse, but God's power is being released stronger. Today, that power is stronger in this place than I felt it for a long time. But maybe it's because I'm up here, I don't know. Arise and build. What do we do? We be quiet? No. We, we look for opportunity to use the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, verses 17 and 18. I kind of had my verses out of order, so if they'll find it. You know what it says. Pastor read it this morning. In the last days. In the last days that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. I want to stop there for a moment. Did you know that your sons who are astray and your daughters who are astray, the Lord says in the last days they will prophesy. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm taking that promise. I'm keeping it for myself. I'm releasing it to you that in the last days. So we begin to prophesy. I was talking with the Lord. Do you guys ever do that? I was talking with the Lord. And he said, today I want you to prophesy. That I want you to prophesy to the dead things. I want you to prophesy to the sickness. I want you to prophesy to those who are not born again. I want you to prophesy that I'm going to be able to do things that they never believed. See, today is a day when we must open our mouths and declare the word of the Lord. There are nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, and I don't have to name them, but I can if you want. We need to be vessels that those gifts can flow through. We need to be vessels that God can use. He can open our mouth. Hallelujah. For this brother right here. God says, I'm going to set you up. Woo, hallelujah. I see the glory of God coming all over you. God said, there's some things that are amiss in your life, but God said, I'm going to change all those up. I see him setting you up on a solid foundation. There's where you'll grow, says the Lord, because you will trust me with your life. So the new things that you've been praying about, you know, not the old things, they're gone. After today, they're gone, okay? God says, I'm doing some new things for you. Hallelujah. So we believe that. Come in agreement with that. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Hallelujah. I'm going all the way over here because the Lord has spoken to me. Hallelujah. I'm coming for you, Bonnie. The Lord told me to pray for you and anoint you because that which is in you has to dry up and be gone in the name of Jesus. We proclaim healing, anointing to be released in this body that the words that were spoken will be retracted. Hallelujah. Because they'll say, man, those blood cells are working fine. Those red blood cells, those white blood cells, they're not fighting each other. They're working together now. And there's something happening. We don't understand it, but God is working a miracle in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Mm. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And you already know, brother. It's already taken place. Hallelujah. You're on the other side. Amen. That's what God says. You're on the other side now. 
Hello, your testimony is going to touch a lot of people. You thought your ministry was over. It's just beginning, says the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Prophesy to the dead things, folks. What did Ezekiel do? He saw a valley of dry bones. They were all separated. They were so dead, they were noisy. And the Lord says to Ezekiel, can those bones live? And Ezekiel says, you know, Lord. What did God say? Prophesy to those bones. Amen. Prophesy to the dead things. What happened in that story? Oh, hallelujah. All of a sudden there was a noise and a clanging and these bones came together and flesh came on the bones and muscles came on the bones and all of a sudden there was a great army of Israel standing before him. Impossible. Impossible in the flesh. Impossible in the natural. Whew. Sons and daughters. Mm -hmm. Coming back. Hallelujah. God said to Joshua, chapter 1 and verse 2, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan. You and all this people, thousands and thousands of people, to the land which I'm giving them, the children of Israel. There's an inheritance that is waiting for us. There's an inheritance waiting for you this morning. Ooh, hallelujah. God's changing the situation. He's changing things that were, that are not anymore. Mm -hmm. There's a healing balm that is released today. It's never going to be the same. Take hold of your hand. The enemy's tried to kill you both, but he didn't succeed because you're here and there's still more. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. God just released that anointing on them, that healing balm that destroys and heals every scar, every visible scar, break its stronghold in the name of Jesus and release that healing anointing. Because you're not finished with them yet, Lord. They have children, grandchildren, that need to see your promises come true. Mm. So we break the stronghold of the enemy and release your anointing, Lord. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Mm. The son shall prophesy, says the Lord. You say, that's impossible. But the son will prophesy someday. And you say, Mom and Dad, thanks for not giving up on me. That's what he'll say. Thanks for standing in the gap when I thought it was hopeless. Thanks for being Dad. You beat yourself up because you didn't think you were Dad enough. But the Lord says, you were Dad. He was just rebellious. Mm. So supernaturally... God is pouring out his spirit in his life, although he doesn't even realize it now. But there's a supernatural change taking place. Hallelujah. Bless him, Lord. Hmm. Arise. Cross that Jordan. There's an inheritance waiting. We as the children of God have to arise. Isaiah 60, verses 1 and 2. Arise and shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness is people, but the Lord will arise over you. If we would keep on, and his glory shall be seen upon you. Not only will the Lord arise upon us, his glory is going to be seen. That's what we experienced this morning here at the altar. There's a glory that God is wanting to release on his people, but we have to be recipients to receive that glory. If you keep on reading, it says the Gentiles will come and the kings will come. And verse 5 says, and your daughters will come and your sons will come. That's the promise that we have that God is going to bring back a family that's been scattered, 
Hallelujah. God's working a miracle in your presence right now. I don't know what it is, but the Lord isn't showing me. Something you've been praying for. You've been interceding more than once. The Lord says, I've heard every prayer. And today, that brokenness is being put back together. And there's a healing anointing that's going to cover that brokenness. Even the scars won't be seen, says the Lord. For that person that I'm talking about, says the Lord, has a call on their life. That individual has a call on their life. I don't know who it is, because the Lord hasn't revealed that. But something supernaturally is changing right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. See, if we don't arise and shine, how is the darkness going to be turned back? If we don't arise and shine and let God use us, how are we going to stop the darkness from advancing? See, God is saying a Savior is born. I sent Jesus. I sent Jesus to redeem the sinner. I sent Jesus to heal the sick. Restore eyesight to the blind. See, our call is pretty well the same as Jesus was. Pastor, you speak it a lot. What did Jesus say he was called to do? Preach the gospel to the poor. Set the captives free. Raise the dead, right? Woo! I haven't done that yet. Still waiting. There's been some dead people, but not dead dead, you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah, somewhere. The Lord is telling me to go. Say, oh, it's got to be over here. I'm sorry. Thank you, Lord. Hmm. Hallelujah. I went the wrong way, so sorry. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's something supernaturally happening. And God is saying, I'm raising you up, son, to be a leader. And you will stand before those of great importance in the days to come. Not only will you be a part of them, but you will guide them in the way that I've taught you. So there's something supernatural that's happening even though you don't see it. And God is raising you up as a man with authority and power in this age today. So remember, he loves you, he cares for you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Mm, I heard a baby cry. <laughs> Hallelujah. God has intervened in you guys' lives. And he set you on a course that seems to have been difficult at times. But here's this baby just smiling. That's one of the blessings the Lord said. I have two and three more blessings. I'm not saying they're babies. <laughs> but something is breaking that has been held back. And God is restoring not only one of those things, but two or three. And you can go into 2024 saying, this is what God has for us. And speak it and proclaim it and stand upon that word and don't let anything shake it. Okay? Because he cares. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Begin to prophesy. What does prophecy do? Exhort, comfort, edifies. How many need to be exhorted? Well, maybe a few of us. How many need to be comforted? All of us. How many need to be... <laughs> Come on. What does exhortation mean? That means that sometimes we start walking off the path and God's word brings us back. See, everywhere we go, every church that we went to in Argentina, the Lord used me in prophecy last year. Not because I'm anyone. But we had confirmation this year. Many people come up and said, everything that you've told me came to pass. Now, sometimes it takes more than a year. My wife was given a prophecy 
when we were first married. It came to pass 20 years later. But it was still God's Word. And God's Word comes to pass. Now John's Word won't. Probably not. But God's Word comes to pass. So very quickly, and I've already stepped past my time, but bear with me just for a few moments. Where's the hope that we have today? Where is that hope? How can we go on? How can we go into 2024 feeling like God's going to use us and work miracles for us? I want to share a couple examples. Abraham. Messed up. Couldn't wait for that promised child. Had a child by his wife's handmaiden, Egyptian woman, and his name was Ishmael. But waited and waited and waited, and God said, No, I'm going to give you your promised child at 100 years old, and his wife 90 something, and they had a son born, Isaac, to him. And through different experiences that they walked through, Abraham and God and his son, God now calls him what? The father of faith. And makes a covenant with him in, in Genesis 12, 1, 2, and 3. That he will bless him. And those who bless him will also be blessed. And we're living in that covenant today. We're receiving a part of that covenant today. Another person we could talk about would be Moses. Moses was a murderer. Moses committed murder. He was full of pride. He was raised in the gym of the Egyptian, right? And he knew he could do it. Ended up killing an Egyptian. And then flees for his life, thinks his life is over, but God speaks to him. Moses, Moses, I want you to lead thousands of people, my covenant people, out of slavery. I want to use you. And God speaks more through Moses probably than any person that has ever lived. He spoke to him face to face. Oh, Moses had so much faith. When God wanted to kill his chosen people, Moses said, no, no, you made a covenant with him. And then we have Peter. Peter denied Jesus three times when he was on the crucifixion the night they captured Jesus. And he was there and he denied Jesus. I don't know him. In fact, is the last time he said he cursed and swore. I don't know Jesus. I'm not a part of him. But we know that after Jesus arose from the grave and walked amongst the people that he restored Peter and Peter, full of the Holy Spirit, starts a revival. He preaches 3,000 pastors came to the Lord. He preaches another sermon. 5,000 people come to the Lord. And he wrote inspired gospel books for us to read today. Another one, Paul. Killing the church, murdering Christians, beating them, taking them, putting them in prison. Persecuting the church so much that they were scattered. How many know that scattering wasn't all that bad? The word went to different places that it would have never gone before. But what happened? Paul was met with the glory of God. God releases his Shekinah glory on Paul. His name was Saul back then. And what happened? Paul changed his life. And God used him, probably the greatest disciple that ever followed Jesus. And God used him to write many inspired books that we read today, and God talks to us through those books. The enemy, the friend of church. The enemy of the church, the friend of the church. Things can change, and they will through prayer. Hallelujah. See, because God is moving supernaturally when we don't see it. My brother right here, and you, son, and this is your wife? Yes. Hallelujah. God says, hmm, I see you running. I just had a vision of you running, the two of you running hand in hand. Say, what are you running? It's not from, it's to. God said, I'm going to take you places. Ah, oh, let's see. It was written in that book way back in the very beginning. This is what we'd like to do with our lives. And you haven't walked in that yet, so God is saying, you can do it now. You're running with me now, and I'll take you to that place. Okay? It might be a vacation spot. It might, I think more it's a ministry. God's setting you up. 
again, okay? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. So, worship team, will you come? I could do this for another couple of hours, but you see, that wouldn't be very kind on you guys. So the hope is grace. The hope is grace. These people didn't deserve grace. These patriarchs messed up. So have we. So have you. Anybody here that hasn't messed up? Uh, don't raise your hand. Because all of us have been redeemed by the grace of God. We have been redeemed by His power. And he, when we've gone to Him and asked Him to forgive us, He's forgiven us. So the hope that we have today for 2024 and the more that He has prepared for us is just waiting out there is grace. Grace that is greater. Ephesians 2 and verse 8, For by grace you have been saved. It's not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. These people I talked about received a gift they didn't deserve. You and I have received a gift that we don't deserve. But Jesus made it possible. So through grace, hmm, He's wanting to release His glory on the church in 2024. Through His grace, His grace working through you, His grace flowing through you. We have a lot more people I could talk about, but I skipped over because it's 12 o'clock. Watch your clocks, okay? So how will this happen? How will we get to the place that God wants us to? We've got to read at least one more verse, Acts chapter 3, verse 19. Repent and be converted so that the time, so your sins may be blotted out so that the times of refreshing may come from where? From the presence of God. God is refreshing His people when we repent. When you repent. When I repent. Because we all have done things that do not bring glory to God. The next verse says, And that He may send Jesus Christ who was presented to you before, preached to you before, prophesied to you before, right? When we repent and the church changes its ways and the sinner changes his ways, then he can send Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Verse 21. Whom heaven must receive until the time of restoration of all things. There's a restoration spirit in here today. You see, I have some things in my life that need to be changed. I'm not going to ask you to come forward today, okay? But I'm going to ask you to stand and make a statement. I don't care if it's, it may be sin, it may just be a financial need, it might be a marriage problem, it might be a problem with your children, but if you will stand and say, I have a need, that's something God wants to change. Brother, God, oh my, God has handed all over you. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but there's a shaking that's coming. And the Lord says, I have called you, son, to be a part of my kingdom. And he said, I'm putting words in your mouth. It's kind of like Jeremiah says, but I can't speak. I'm a youth. But the Lord says, no, I touch your mouth. I'll put my words in your mouth. Hmm. So he's setting you up, not for a fall. He's setting you up for his glory. He's setting you up to be a voice that people will hear, not even in this nation, but other nations. Ooh. Mm, mm, mm. There's a heavy calling on you. God's glory is going to help you right through all the difficult times. Amen. Hallelujah. Will you make a declaration with me today by standing that I have some needs, I have some things in my life, I need a miracle, I need a healing, and if if you're really desperate today, I have the oil. I, I'll invite you to come. But for those of you who are standing, you're telling the Lord, there's some needs in my life, in my family, and my finances, my marriage, my workplace, whatever. 
And I want God to take care of those today. So we're going to pray. You pray with me. You say your own prayer. But you pray with me. Heavenly Father. Mm. We're all standing because we all have needs, Lord. We're standing because we're hopeless, helpless in many of the things that we're standing about. But when we call upon you, we know that there's nothing impossible with you. So we give you our hurts, our pain, our sorrow. We don't want to take them into 24. We want to leave them here at the altar or where we're standing. And we want a fresh start in 24. We want to be fresh. We're not making resolutions. We just want to repent and get a fresh start from you, Lord. We want to be free. So, Father, take, take that from us. Forgive us. We repent today. We believe upon you, Lord. We want to make you Lord of our life. All of these things that we've struggled with in 23, we give them to you today. Break us free. Set us free. Because we want to take steps into 24 to receive the very best you have waiting for us. Thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We're going to let the worship team go ahead. If you're here, you need to be anointed. We're going to pray with you. The rest of you are dismissed. If you want to go, go quietly, but stay at least for the first song. Hallelujah. Okay.